So as a yoga teacher, one of the most high value skills that you can learn to develop for yourself is moving beyond teaching the poses and teaching the asanas and reciting the general cues and learning how to read bodies. And so that's what today's show is all about, is talking about how to get better at reading bodies. And so first off, what does that mean to be able to accurately read a body and what what does that look like? So a lot of times you'll see in, in yoga, when you're teaching and you're practicing or you're practicing and the other people like in the room, you'll see things going wrong with them, right? And a lot of people, and these this reading bodies are what are called second level corrections. And first level corrections, I should say, are when you see people in the room practicing and they're they're doing whatever, they're, they're training, they're practice, they're pose, their side angle, and they're doing something wrong, right? And it just looks wrong. Like their knee is buckling in, or maybe their hip is like all cranked out in warrior two or whatever it is, or their hip is all twisted in dancer pose. Whatever that is, first level correction is just, okay, your hip is up, move your hip down. Okay. Your foot is turned in, turn your foot out or face your toes forward, whatever it is, or your, your shoulder is collapsing down pull it back out so it stacks over the opposite shoulder, right? Those are first level corrections and those are first level cues. Now, what you really want to get good at is learning to read what's actually going on in the body, the deeper level. So if you see someone who repeatedly, because here's the thing about, here's the thing about the human body that's very important to understand is that if you see someone who is routinely in a pose wrong, for example, or their hip is always like off in some way, or their arm is always in the wrong location in some way, or their shoulder is always slouched. You can give them a cue and in the short term, they can snap out of it and then they can apply, they can listen to you and they're like, oh, I better pull this back. And so in the short term, they can like readjust themselves to get into that position or whatever that is. But in the long term, their body is just going to want to go back to that natural shape that it's resting in. And that shape is the, is the visual shape that you notice when you are, you're going to correct them, right? It's, oh, I see their shoulders completely collapsed inward. So let me give them that correction, but it's going to keep going back to that. And one cue and one correction of them moving their shoulder back as they, they have like a split second reminder, isn't really going to actually solve the, pro- the deeper problem as to why the shoulder is going in to begin with. And so this is what, this is the skill that comes with learning how to read bodies. And so this is what I actually did when I first started teaching, when I was trying to get better at just looking at what's in front of me and assessing the bodies that were in front of me was I would look and I would think in class and I would see when people would do things wrong and I would keep a notebook or I would keep like a mental note. And then after class, I would write down the, I would write down what I saw going on. And then I would go back and I would cross verify it with, uh, I would look at, I had all sorts of different anatomy books and whatnot. And I would try to make a reference as to what anatomically was going on behind the scenes or underneath the surface that was causing their shoulder to buckle in or their hip to stick out in a funky way or their knee to look strange or for whatever that was, I would just make little like notes in a notebook. And this was back in 
I don't know, maybe maybe 15 years or so ago. Maybe this is around the time, my point is this is around the time before like Google Docs was big and, and you had all these different anatomy naps apps. So you had to go back and you had to look through things like through, you had to actually go look in a book and find stuff. And I believe I used, I, I really liked the book. The Complete Anatomy of Hatha Yoga was one of the books that was really good. And I'd write things down. I still wrote them down in a notebook. Like I didn't use like virtual paper on my iPad like I do today and all the different anatomy apps that I have. So I I used to make notes so I could understand the second level corrections and so that I could look at someone and I could say to them, if their spine is always rounded in this position or their shoulder is always doing this, I could present to them, obviously not while in the middle of teaching, but you can present to them the the level of the second level correction. Oh, by the way, did you realize that your body is doing this or your shoulder is doing this because your QL on this side is tight and that's actually causing your pelvis to tilt upward and it's creating this torque in this pose and then your arm slants in the wrong direction. That's an example of reading the body. That's a second level cue. And what you should do is whenever vision, and something else you should make note of is that when you are teaching or you're giving in a classroom setting, say like a first level correction, move your shoulder back, move your hip back, this and this. In your head, you want to then verify that on your own afterwards and then say, what is causing it? Or why is their shoulder, why is their shoulder doing that? Or why is their hip doing that? And then that becomes your homework. That's the homework in your head that you go through. And then you say to yourself, okay, I'm going to go I'm going to go back and I'm going to make a note of all of my cues or I'm going to make a note of the first level cues. And then I'm going to then go back on my own time and start to learn what the second level cue there is, right? Which is, let me understand the what and the why behind the cue that I gave. So you start to then make different correlations in the body as to why things go wrong and what it what is actually at the surface, right? The surface level of it. So you see like a lot, like you can see a lot of different things that happen and a lot of str- like strange variations of things. But you also start to pick up patterns, right? You notice patterns, for example. And this is where, this is ultimately what leads you into uh, then being able to work with more clients effectively is by diagnose, being, being able to diagnose what's going on at a deeper level and then articulate that to them. And that, and fun fact, by the way, doing this on my own was what ultimately led me to creating an online business because when I started, it was just the blog and I wanted to, I wanted a, a place where I could share these deeper level corrections or these deeper, these second level cues to get good at reading the body, right? For example, you'll see a lot of people, and very simple, right? Like sometimes you'll see a lot, a great example of this is you'll see in a yoga class a lot, an anterior tilt, right? You'll see a hip that's tilted, right? So anterior tilt, the front of the hip goes forward, the back of the hip goes up, and then you've got this little spinal compression as a result of the back part of your pelvis going up. And you'll hear yoga teachers say, drop your back hip or something, or level your pelvis or something like that, or lift your front, lift your front hip, frontal hip points up. Those are a lot of general cues, right? Those are first level cues. And in the moment, they're helpful to shed awareness for the practitioner. But then why are they doing that? Why does their body want to default to that, right? 
And part of it is because like when I see that, and it's not always this, but I see this a lot. I work with a lot of people with the TVA and the core. Oftentimes someone has a habit of their core not engaging, say in a standing pose. So their QL muscles, the muscles in the back that attach the top of the pelvis to the bottom of the rib cage, they then start to work like core muscles and they tighten, right? They tighten and they shorten. And because the bottom of the QL attaches to the top of the pelvis, oftentimes when that muscle shortens, your body has two choices. The muscle will, will either pull the rib cage down or the, pel- the back of the pelvis back up. And oftentimes it's easier if the QL is a little bit tight, it tends to pull the pelvis up. And that's what over time starts to tilt that uh, your, the, the pelvis into an anteriorly tilted position. So then the deeper level is, well, what's the cue is to get your hips level or to lift your frontal hip points or drop your back hip points. But the second level and the reason why that's happening, the reason why that's happening is because they have QL muscles that are engaging in place of the TVA. So the bigger correction, the long-term solution is to learn to engage the core properly so that you can use it in standing poses. And then by default, you can get your QL muscles to, you can get your QL muscles then to release, right? Because, well, not to get too in depth here on this specific episode for this, but guess what happens? Why do people have tight QLs? The QLs are tight because they're working like primary, they're working as hard as a primary stabilizing muscle because the primary stabilizing muscles aren't working. So of course they get tight and they get stressed and they get tight. When the bigger muscles start working, that muscle shortens, right? It shortens, it lengthens because it's no longer being overworked. You gain a lot of mobility by simply balancing your body. That's one of the one of the most, I think, profound moments students have in my core and body breakthrough they have is a lot of time when you see people who are have tight bodies, they think it's a mobility thing, but it's not. It's just a simple, it's just the simple fact that their body's imbalanced. So you've got muscles that are working in ways that shouldn't that they shouldn't be working or overworking or overstressed and they get tight. So if you balance your body, you can actually regain mobility by effectively resetting your muscles without even stretching. So those are things to think about where those are real good things to learn. And you have to practice, you have to build that muscle. And it's understanding the, it's really understanding that the second level of cueing and the depth as to why, which is oftentimes we see a problem and we're quick to just label it as the problem. That's the problem. Their hip is out. But Actually, it's not really the problem. That's just the symptom of a bigger problem that's causing their body to repeatedly create to do that in that pose or whatever that is. Then you start to look at it and you start to just go back and troubleshoot. And the more you do this, the more you start to learn. You understand the depth of connections within the body. And that's the essence of really teaching yoga. And that's the essence of really getting into it is you have to move beyond the poses, right? Just move beyond them. That's Really, if you want to separate yourself and become a great yoga teacher, an extraordinary yoga teacher, you just learn to read bodies because most these days are just reciting cues and they know the poses and the names and they try to recite Sanskrit, but that doesn't really do anything, right? And most people, ultimately, they don't want a short-term correction. They want a long-term fix. But if they knew what the problem was, they would be able to fix it a lot easier, but they don't. That's why they don't have... A, that's why they, that's why their body's stuck like that. So if you then go and you start learning how to do this, 
and you start to develop that skill set, you will become more valuable. You'll be able to look at people and be able to accurately diagnose what's going on. You'll be able to look at back pain way easier in people. You'll be able to look at shoulder, neck pain, knee pain, hip pain. You'll be able to look and you'll be able to say, what is causing that? What's, what is the type? What is actually going on here? And when you think about it, I, I like to take those individual points like that. Like when you talk about back pain or you talk about knee pain, that's no different than a pose in that like, low. this is going wrong in extended side angle. That's the prop. The problem, if the hip is doing some strange thing in extended side angle, that's the symptom. What's the bigger problem? Just like back pain, just like knee pain. Those are just, yeah, you may think they're the problem, but those are symptoms. The pain that they're experiencing is a symptom and there's a greater problem that's causing that. So when you look at it in this light, the pain and the pose, pain and poses are exactly the same thing. So start treating them all as the same thing. You can start to place it all in any kind of, whether it's pain, whether it's a yoga pose or some kind of dynamic movement also too. If you're looking at a runner and their stride is off, same thing, symptom. What's the bigger problem that's causing that? So it's looking at things as symptoms versus problems and understanding that that's really where you can start to gain a lot of wisdom. And that's what makes you really valuable, right? Because now you can help people address problems. And this is one thing that I state to, this is one thing that I state to yoga teachers all the time is to learn to look at something from, from like a, from more, more of a symptomatic position, right? So that way you can come up with a more, you can come up with an accurate solution that solves the problem for good. And then all you have to get good at, and and this by the way, is how you transition into creating a whole business around it or creating a coaching program or creating an online course or something along these lines is you get really good at analyzing and diagnosing one problem and understanding what's going on in the body. That process or that flow of uncovering that is all generally the same. It's not necessarily true that the solution will be the same, but the process or the system that you go through to find this, the, the solution is the same, right? So if you have knee pain or you have something along those lines or shoulder pain and you get really good at that, you realize there's a whole system of checks and balances in the body I'm going to go through if there's something wrong with the shoulder or there's something wrong with the knee. Something to think about, something to really think about is get better at reading bodies. If you can get better at reading bodies, it is, it is the most high value skill that you can develop as a yoga teacher. Get better at reading bodies because getting better and learning to accurately and confidently read bodies is what opens up the door to be able to work with clients one-on-one, like very effectively with clients one-on-one and put together programs for them, create coaching programs, create these kinds of things. And that's what helps you to then, it's one of the best skills to advance your career is learn to read bodies better. Your career will start to go up. You'll have, you'll gain a lot more authority by doing that. And it opens up the doors to other areas for you other than just teaching yoga classes. So thought of the day, thought of the day there, something to think about. If you wanted to join us, if you're, if you're interested, I should say, in joining us in body breakthrough and you want to learn, you want to go through an entire anatomical process of your body. We go through a rigorous, we apply, by the way, what I talked about, that same framework of diagnosing bodies is the same 
framework that I apply to new clients and students when they're learning press handstands is, well, let's look at all the things that are wrong. Let's look at all this. Let's look at all the symptoms and then let's address the greater problems. And that's how you get to your press handstand. Same fundamental thing. I actually, strangely enough, that same process that I used to do to learn when I was teaching, when I first started teaching and writing things down on notebooks is the same process, just on a much larger scale that I apply to going through and analyzing an entire body when it comes to press handstand. And if you are interested in wanting to start, start like an online business and build a, build a coaching program online, there are some options there. I'll put the links in the show notes. There's a couple of things and there's two levels. If you're more of a beginner, we have something different for you. And if you're already started, you're more established, you know what you want to teach. You already know what you want to teach. You have a skill set or maybe even like an online presence already. We have a mastermind that you can join that kind of walks you through setting up the funnels, building the templates, how to make sales, et cetera, et cetera, that kind of thing. So that's all I've got for you on today's show. If you have any questions or you learned something from this, tag me in a story on Instagram at Brian Aganod. You can tag me there and let me know what you learned. Or if you have a question, just shoot it over to me and let me know. And I'll get to it as soon as I can. So have a good rest of your day. I will talk to you soon. 